This is Riz Hatton with the Becker's Dental Plus DSO podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Brent Barta, president of the American Academy of Dental Group Practice. Thank you, Dr. Barta, for being here today. Well, thank you for asking me. Uh, my pleasure. Absolutely. Awesome. So uh, to begin here, could you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Uh, I'd love to. So I am a dentist, um, graduated from uh, Indiana University in 1984, um, had kind of a traditional start to my career and was a solo private practice dentist for the first 13 to 15 years uh, of my career. But uh, as my practice grew, um, I evolved to a small group practice by adding some associates, uh, eventually added some specialty care to my practice. And then uh, in 2007, 2008, launched a true multi-specialty uh, larger group in the Indianapolis area and continued to be the primary um, you know, primary owner of that practice and the chief dental officer for that group. Uh, we've uh, um, also expanded to supporting some general practices in the Indianapolis area. So that's kind of my day job. And then as uh as you mentioned, I am, uh, I've been involved with the American Academy of Dental Group Practice for the past 15 years, uh, actively attending their events, eventually sitting on the board, and now am in the middle of my second year of a two-year term as the president of the American Academy of Dental Group Practice. That's great to hear. It sounds like you have a lot of really great experience behind you there. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I've had an early focus on group practice. I feel it's a great way of practicing dentistry. I think the, um, you know, the trend today would tend to support that idea. Uh, and also a big uh, supporter and fan of um, integ integrating specialty care into the group practice. So that's kind of where my focus is. That's the focus of our, uh, of our Indianapolis-based group and also uh, explains my interest in the American Academy of Dental Group Practice. I think the, it's, the, it's the group to be a member of if you're um, interested in growing a group, uh, improving group practice, and so on. Fantastic. So what trends are you following most closely in dentistry and healthcare today? Well, uh, kind of goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, the consolidation of the dental industry, um, the, the use of the DSO structure to do so um, is absolutely like something I've never seen before. Um, if you're not involved in group practice, if you're not involved in the world of the DSO, I, I'm going to tell you right now, it's accelerating at an extraordinarily rapid pace, for better or worse. I have you know, strong opinions about that. I think that is, without a doubt, the biggest trend to, to consider in dentistry. Um, looking at, I guess, the second aspect of that, looking at the investments that are coming into dentistry, private equity investments and so on, watching where the money is going, what those groups that have money are spending their money on is a, is a great trend to track. Um, everybody right now um, is looking at workforce. So, you know, the workforce trends as we're coming out of COVID, kind of are on the forefront of everybody's minds just out of necessity. So that's something that we're actively tracking in our in our private practice. Um, artificial intelligence, I think, uh, same thing. Like it's coming on at an extraordinarily rapid rate, how that artificial intelligence is going to factor in the practice of dentistry 
really in a not too far distant future, I think is going to be surprising to people. Um, on the personal level, as I mentioned, integrating specialty services into dentistry, particularly in the group practice setting, is something I watch. Um, the specialty practices are now starting to consolidate and be rolled up into um, DSO-based uh, uh, businesses, so that's interesting to see. Um, I think there has been discussion of integration of dentistry and medicine, and I think that's going to be a trend that people need to keep their keeping a watch on. And then uh, the last thing that I made a note of was the aging population, the demographics of the American population as it relates to really the dental workforce and the implications of the workforce as, again, we have an aging and graying population. Can dentistry um, meet the demand that we're going to see in the next 10 years? So there's my, there's my short or long list of the things that I really are keep, am keeping a watch on. That's really interesting. Um, I'm interested in what you were saying about um, the integration of specialty care and services. Uh, what does that look like, especially in terms of uh, consolidation? Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure where it's going to land because today the consolidation has primarily been around general practices, right? The big DSOs are primarily GP-based um, business models. But we're starting to see some of the DSOs, um, I, I would say, sort of test the waters of integrating specialty care in a meaningful way. Um, some of the DSOs have, have by um, merger and acquisition, ended up with some specialty practices. But we're just now starting to see um, some of those larger DSOs um, take a more mindful approach at integrating specialty into their structure. Um, it's something that I think has a, a tremendous um, potential. It makes a lot of sense if you can do it. It's a little, it makes the model a little more complicated. Um, but I think ultimately it could be a great business model. And really the basis of my interest is from the standpoint of patient care. I think that if you can integrate specialty care in a meaningful way, it provides the opportunity for a patient to have an elevated level of care. So that's kind of why I got into it. And I think we'll see more of the DSO or the larger groups um, look at it more seriously in the near future. Interesting, thank you for that. Um, so Certainly. looking towards the, the future, what excites you uh, most and also what makes you nervous? Okay, well, I, you know, I guess, um, most exciting is the fact that I do not see any downturn in a demand for dental services. My reference to the aging population being one factor there, I think we're going to have more people with more needs. So if you're in, um, in the business of dentistry, then I, I see a huge future for um, the, the need for dental services. So lots and lots of opportunity. Um, the consolidation of the industry, um, and the investments that are coming in the on the positive side, I believe that that money is going to drive technology, innovation and processes, and, and for the most part, an improved standard of care for the patient. So I see um, the consolidation from that standpoint as being a very positive thing because, again, it gives the industry the resources to elevate dentistry um, from all of those standpoints, technology, processes, and standard of care. 
And I think we'll see, just as we were talking about specialty integration, I think we're going to see some new delivery systems emerge. I don't know what that's going to look like, but just out of necessity with all of these force factors coming into the industry, we're going to see some new concepts that will evolve. So that's exciting. Again, I don't predict that, but I, I see it I see it as an inevitable outcome of what's happening in industry. So those are those are exciting things to me. Um, on the worry side, um, I mean, with the demand and the aging population, you know, do we have the capacity to handle that? Um, do we have the capacity to train dentists and support staff? Right now, I believe we do not have that capacity built into the system. So that makes me a little bit nervous. Um, we need to be better about um, the ideas and methods we use to train our providers and, and the support staff both. So um, that's, that's a worry. Um, and then, you know, everybody I think today is looking at the economy and, and has some concerns. So personally, I think it's more of a cyclical downturn. I don't think that um, it's, it, you know, it's a disaster for dentistry. Uh, dentistry does respond very well to economic um, downturns, but it is a period of time that we're going to have to weather. So, um, you know, that's a short-term concern, but I think it's on everybody's mind right now. Interesting. So kind of um, going back to what you said earlier about trends and keeping an eye mm -hmm. on workforce challenges um, and also bringing in those elements of, you know, the economic downturn. Yes. What? about the workforce challenges is going to keep dental from keeping up with that demand. I've seen recently about recruitment issues that have been happening. What do you see happening there? And what are some things that you believe could make that easier on the industry? Um, yeah, and it's, it's a problem throughout multiple industries, as we all know, if you try to, to to seek services outside of dentistry, be it restaurants or or the travel industry, any, any industry right now, you, you can see that as a factor. Within dentistry, um, I think we have not done a great job of um, highlighting dentistry as a career for, particularly for the support staff. Um, and then the, whatever the institutions are that are in place to train dental employees, they're not, they're not, scaled to the point that they need to be to meet this this coming demand. So that's going to take the the dentists, the the dental um, industry to develop some sort of a collaborative relationship with the whomever that is, the, the institutions that are going to be providing the training, and they need to align better. So I, you know, without pointing fingers at anybody at all, but the dentists that are out there practicing and understand what we need, need to do a better job of communicating with, again, those institutions that are training, and we need to come to some sort of a, of a mutually beneficial relationship where that training and those people have a, have a route to get into dentistry. So that's, again, marketing the positions, showing what a great um, career can be had within the dental industry, um, and then getting those people trained in an in a efficient manner, if you will. Interesting. So thinking about your own practice, how do you plan to grow your own practice and what investments make sense right now? From our particular practice, again, we're really um, 
focused on the uh, multi-specialty aspect. So us understanding the and and creating these synergistic relationship between the multi-specialty um, model that we have and the general practitioners, um, so that we can, if you will, um, develop that synergy so that the general practitioner who is seeking that that specialty referral, that specialty care, understands how that's going to elevate their patient's dental health. And so not only it's, it's a great business model, but it's a great way of delivering, um, again, better dental health care to the patient. So us understanding that relationship even better than we do now is where we're really putting a lot of emphasis. Understanding that relationship, I think, is key. Um, and then I think um, investment, we're looking strongly at some uh, making some investments in artificial intelligence for our practice. And uh, I see very quickly that we'll have some initial AI technology um, onboarded. So I see that as a huge potential to not only help our diagnostic process, but also help our um, a, a better understanding of our patients' needs. So AI and then that um, multi-specialty component is where we're really putting our investment right now. Thank you for that. And Dr. Barda, thank you so much for your fascinating insights and for this amazing discussion. I look forward to well, connecting you. with you again in the future. Oh, that would be great. And again, uh, for anybody interested in, in group practice, remember American Academy of Dental Group Practice. It's the longest standing organization supporting the business of dentistry and group practice um, coming up on our 50th year. So um, if you haven't heard of us, look us up, become a member, learn about group practice.